Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen, D A D. Uh, hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I just watched the Matrix Resurrections trailer. Oh, hang on. You watch the Matrix Resurrection trailer and you have some thoughts about it. I do. If only there was a podcast, an audio podcast, where I could hear you talk about that sort of thing. Like this audio podcast. Oh my god, you know what? I'm just if if such a place exists, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my thoughts and feedback on that until that show comes out which will be tomorrow mm. yeah so um, we actually now do a film podcast again and also we've been in the Cineworld show uh, with Cineworld which we uh, we love doing it's really so much fun, fun. and uh, they've asked us now to do an audio version of it which is my field man I bloody love me an audio podcast so yeah you can search for it uh, wherever you're currently listening to this right now if you look at your phone click the search button type in Cineworld there'll be a little show on there called What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. Give that a little follow. Give a little rating and review if you're on Apple. It really oh, yes, helps us out. That really does. And like, we do this as well. So it's not just film chat. We do these intro and outros filled with all the waffle. So that's that bit sort of done out of the way. I actually meant to record like a proper advert for that. Mm-hmm. So like, which, which I will do. That's a, that's a thing for me next week. Um, I had a terrible drive in today. Oh no. Yeah. How long are we talking? Two hours, 15 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. That is the length of Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> <laughs> and Cruella. You could have watched the whole of the Emily Blunt starring 2019 release, Mary Poppins Returns. I put a podcast on this morning when I started my journey. It was one hour and 47 minutes long. And I thought to myself, arrogantly, 
I won't hear all of that. Mm. I don't need all of this. I will actually just, I'll get through an hour, hour and 10 of it maybe, because I'm going to fly through. No, I was queuing from basically, like as soon, the second I left Kent, I was just queuing uh, all the way into London. In the Blackhall Tunnel? No, no, no. This was, I was queuing on like the A2. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was doing a lot. I, just, I don't know what happened. It was just, it was a, maybe I left too late. Maybe I didn't quite time it right. But then, do you know what? I got into work. And I'm, you know, maybe a little bit of a grump because it's a long old journey, isn't it? But when Luke says he's in a grump, if you see him, he's still like, hey, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> <laughs> like the least grumpy person ever. So I'm a little bit of a grump, but I got myself a coffee and I sat down. So here's my new routine. An outside coffee or a oh, no, upstairs kitchen coffee? coffee. Kitchen coffee. Uh, the kitchen where I effed up one of those microwaves. It's been, yeah. it's been fixed now. You kicked um, its head in. <laughs> like Daniel Bro Sorry, like Brian Danielson. No, yeah, no, it's going to take a while. I know. Um, so I've got my new routine, because this is what I also did on Monday as well. You say, you know, like, it was like, oh man, Luke, you did such a long day on Monday. I'm like, actually, it's fine because it was grand. And do you know why it's grand? Do you know what my new favorite thing is? I come in and I take my laptop over to the TV and I plug my laptop into the telly and I watch the Fight Network Oh. on there and take my notes. I get my wireless... Um, Big screen. I get my wireless keyboards and mouse and I sit on those comfy nice. cinema chairs and I set up one of the uh, the folding steel chairs <laughs> that we've got to be a table to hold my um, uh, coffee. Mm -hmm. And I sit there and I watch Dynamite on a massive telly in a cinema chair. It's genuinely, it's so much nicer than watching it in my, in like my office on my other screen. Like just... This is so much better. We're creating the wrestling fan's dream. My, I mean, my big breakthrough on Saturday morning was, because I watched, you know, Rampage is like my actual treat now. Because it's 44 minutes, yep. I can just pop it on and it's done. And you don't have to make notes. I don't notes. have to make notes, I can just enjoy it as a fan. And it's, which is, you know, makes it vastly more enjoyable. Not having to think of little snide remarks and little jokes. What's my title? Um, but I'm watching it on the Fight Network on my tablet, and a little button turned up, and it said, hey, do you want to just cast this to your TV? I was like, well, yeah, I, I would if I had a Google Chromecast. And it said, no, that's, that's fine. And I just pressed the button. My TV turns itself on, and the Fight Network is there, and it's playing... Rampage. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Treat. Because I, I didn't know that was a feature either until yesterday when all of a sudden I heard my wife shout from downstairs, Why is Ring of Honor All Star Extravaganza on? Because I'd accidentally pressed the button and I'd <laughs> sent it from upstairs from my office to the TV downstairs. This is what we need to do to the boys. The big boys in the other office. Oh, the bigger boys? Yes! We were talking about yes! getting the remote control. But instead, we can just pop on. I mean, what? We can't make them look cool. What, so, what show would you put? Raw wrestling? Yeah, I just put wrestling on. Modern day WWE. Look at these doors. Just nothing but all the Reggie stuff. I don't know the Reggie stuff's got cool flips in it. Uh, people might people might mistakenly uh, think that's cool. We will just we will just put up. I'm sure you can do it with YouTube. The Shayna Baszler running away from the doll angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but even that, someone might go, oh, wow, is that a cool new hip horror film that's ironically funny? Tommy Wiseau has uh, made a brand new horror film. How cool is that? The hipsters are so difficult to bully. Bigger boys. Uh, and they're bigger than us. Right, uh, before we get into the show itself, I do have an email I'd like to read out here from Nishant, who says, Dear Wrestle Boys, it's been a while since my last Emma. It's been a while. Uh, I can feel the heat from those lighters. My wife. <laughs> There are a handful of voices that my wife hates me doing around the house. And two of them I get to do at the same time because currently on Celebrity MasterChef is Bez, which means I get to do mm. my, my Manchester accent. Yeah. Like, like Bez, Terry, come yeah. on, Tony, we need to go down pub. And she gets a little bit of wide boy with it. But there's also got um, Joe Schwash on it. Oh, yes. Who the, is like, uh, yeah, Cockney man. Exactly, yeah. Married to Stacey Solomon, but hasn't gone out of her charisma. And he is so irritating, mm. such an But I like doing his voice because it really annoys Kate. Because he like comes on screen and he clearly just he thinks to himself, "I haven't said anything for two minutes. <laughs> I should really say something now." Oh, boys, I'm in now. I I just walked through the door and I'm here. I'm gonna stand over there. Is that my mark? Is it? Yeah, I'm gonna stand on that mark. Why not? All right, Greg. Nice to see you, mate. John, what's our task today? Today, what we doing? Eggs? Eggs? What we going to do? Eggs? I don't know. Eggs? Do I? Kate hates it when I do that yeah, one. Like, yeah, I can. Like, yeah, I bet she does. <laughs> and I'm starting doing the Fred Durst voice again because I'm listening to so much Limp Biscuit at the moment. <laughs> you, I don't know why that reminded me. You probably saw that I have Googled the band Simple Plan. <laughs> I did. When you did Stain. Stain. Uh, it's been a while. When we did the pub quiz that I won last Tuesday, there was a music round and they played, you know, 20 seconds of the intro of a song. And it was Little Mix. It was uh, ABBA. You know, loads of really big hitters. Everybody knew them right away, pretty much. And then there's one in there. It's freaking Simple Plan. <laughs> what song? What are their songs? What's their, like, biggest song? Do you think that was, like, their... I actually wouldn't know. Do you think that was, like, the... Uh... The, the, the quiz master itself. Yes, one for him. Yeah, and so then he could be like, I don't know, I know this one. I didn't no one get that one. No one knows who Simple Plan are. Yeah. It's ridiculous, that. That's exact. Can you do it in Joe Swash's voice? I didn't know I know Simple Plan. I wrote that down, so I thought, oh, everyone will know that one, won't I? Everyone will get that down straight away. I wouldn't even need to play two seconds of that one. Everyone like, oh, Simple Plan, that one. I know that, but now no one knew it. Couldn't believe myself. Apples and pears. I didn't know what was going on. Are you familiar with Carl Anderson's sour face game <laughs> no. on being the elite no. well he just does sometimes he, he scrunches up his face and he does like a, an annoying voice and everyone around him is just like oh god shut up sour face oh you're the worst i hate you sour face it's really i think it's really funny yeah, yeah. particularly dot gallows reacting to sour face oh god god i hate this he's really good with it that, that could be our sound face. <laughs> it's me doing Joe Schwash. Swash face. Swash face. Oh, I did the AW review like oh, this. Oh, man. <laughs> so whenever you do that, I'm just going to be like, oh, God damn it, hate that. <laughs> and then Kate can enjoy, she can live vicariously through me yeah, telling yeah. you that's awful. Yeah, yeah. There was, I can't remember what oh, it penetrates there. I, I, oh, it does. It cuts to the yeah. core, doesn't it? I might have to text my wife in a little bit. I'm going to take my phone off airplane mode because she said something on the way back from Aquanator yesterday. And I said, that sounds like a Limp Biscuit song. And then I started <laughs> making up the <laughs> Limp Biscuit song <laughs> with what she said. Do you think that you're actually really nervous? about becoming a father and that is displaying itself and just like I've got all this energy I'm going to be really annoying to everyone close to me 
Anyway, Nishan says, it's been a while since my last email. <laughs> it's been a while. That's <laughs> how we started all of this. Can you just do the like, I can't now hear you sing Stained without going, feel the heat from the lighters. I can feel those heat from the lighters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God damn, swash. <laughs> I, I started emailing about WrestleTalk Ramble and podcast segments, and I started the trend of sending in pictures of pets. This email is a bit more serious. Do you guys think that All Out Weekend could be the new WrestleMania weekend? I followed along on the social media platforms. Literally everyone who was anyone in the wrestling was there, except the Wrestle Boys <laughs> or other British channels like What Cultaholic. But apart from every British exception, everyone was there. Do you think in time that All Out Weekend <clears throat> Week or any other pay-per-view weekend can become the new cooler version of Mania Weekend? Also, I hate everyone who was in Chicago that weekend. I hope they got stuck in a lot of traffic on their way out. And they ordered food. I hope it sits on the counter and got cold. In my best Ollie voice, I hate you, Tempest. Thanks for today stay safe lots of love thank you regards Michelle. thanks for the email yeah i concur hate you tempest hate you for all the fun times you had and yes i was thinking that myself when i saw the because i was like uh, following the gcw stuff quite closely the night before all out on the saturday and i was like this feels like when other indie promotions would would jump on the weekend and with wwe it was very much a, a little like Flies on an elephant, like swanning them away. That actively tried to stop mm. people running shows around WrestleMania weekends. But which with, is the most WWE thing possible. But with AEW, it just feels quite holistic and... Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I really agree. I think it will build more and more every year. Because it started off with StarCast as well. It's, mm. It was like the idea of it being a multi-day event was built in from the start. And yeah, there's obviously a reason why nobody from the UK was there. Don't know if you've heard. There's a bit of a pandemic going on right yeah, now. I'm about to become a dad. So what I didn't want to be is out of the country. Like, it's bad enough that I'm, you know, in London, an hour and a half away on, in the car. Don't want to be a nine-hour flight away. Hey, hey, it could be two and a quarter hours. <laughs> Uh, let's get into the show itself. It's AEW time. You know what mm. that means. Here's the show. It's the most exciting time in wrestling ever possible. Would you say it's that? The most exciting, 100%, yeah. Do you not think, like, the invasion, the Monday Night Wars were bigger? Uh, I was actually going to say, for us doing this show, it's um, this is the most exciting time since, like, the Bullet Club, the rise of Bullet Club and Omega Ricarda and, like, New Japan's rise. Like, you and I doing this show, this is the most exciting wrestling has been. Yes, since I that, agree, Since definitely. that period of time. The, which makes it the most exciting in two decades. Yeah. Easily. And latest report is that All Out did the highest buy rate in 21 years, four months. It really? So whatever that WCW pay-per-view was, that yeah. was the last best. So obviously excluding WWE shows. So just a remarkable achievement. It is a great time to be a wrestling fan. So please do subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. And one of the reasons why is because everyone to AEW confirmed. Oh yeah. Our main discussion point is the sort of co-main event segment of last night's episode of Dynamite, where the Elite came out, they yuck, yuck, yucked, did all the heel stuff. Adam Cole said, you know, he bullied Tony Schiavone. I laughed so hard at Adam Cole bullying Tony Schiavone. Like, you went into his face, he's like, I know you're 
You're friendly with Brit, are you? If, you, if I see you looking the wrong way at her, <laughs> I'm going to kick your head in. And it's like, and I'm going to kick you and knock your glasses off your face. Get out of the ring, nerd. Like Tony is this genuine threat. <laughs> like it, like he's seeing Tony as this big muscle guy who's best friends with Britt Baker. And he's like, get out of the ring, nerd. You nerd. What are you taking your time for, you nerd? <laughs> and actually with the, the main event that we got, I was like, maybe Tony should have been quicker. Yeah, it was his fault. <laughs> um, but that's a great way to get people to boo Adam Cole. Yeah, it was. And, and it worked. And Because everyone was like giving him the big baby face reaction because he's chosen AEW mm-hmm. over NXT over, over being the heel manager for Keith Lee on the main roster. Well, we'll just see how this AEW thing works out for him. So he's chosen AEW so he got this big baby face reaction. So the first thing that he did was do a heel promo on Tony Schiavone and it got people to boo him. Smart man, that Adam Cole. Kenny Omega then says <laughs> I love Kenny's goofiness because he's like look I, I don't he gets the gets the microphone for five seconds I don't like being interrupted by the way <laughs> and then then okay it's gonna it's gonna take a few weeks for us to stop calling him Daniel Bryan yeah Bryan Danielson is what I meant to say comes out I like his entrance music more now they haven't changed it one bit no but it just felt you know the, the shock of the, the first one yeah. wasn't with me now so he comes out I mean I might be alone in this, but I never liked him having Fly of the Valkyries in the first place. Yeah, so it's not my favourite. It's not my favourite. He gets in the ring with Kenny. Kenny's like, to the rest of the elite, give us some alone time. They're there. And Danielson is like, you're, you're avoiding me. You know, you're scared to face me. And Kenny's like, uh, no, I'm not. Goes to punch him. Brian gets him in the uh, yes lock. And brawl ensues. And the Jurassic Express and Christian come down. And Frankie Kazarian. Of course, Frankie Kazarian, <laughs> the elite comes hunter, coming down. He's going to do really well against the elite next week, and Adam Cole's in ring debut. Sure, that's going to be swimmingly <laughs> for Kaz. Well, Easy win there for the column. Um, I, I really enjoyed that because, like, Omega, you know, asks everyone to clear the ring. He invites Danielson, and is like, "It's a safe space. You can come in mm. here. It's absolutely fine. I'm not going to attack you." And he's about to cut a promo on him, and Danielson just snaps the, snatches the microphone out of his hand. And I'm really enjoying this Danielson, where he's just like, do you know what I really want to do? Kick people in the head. So he's just like, I just want to kick you in the head. I want to, I want to, have, a, I want to have a match with you. Yeah. And Kenny just yucking up the heel, no, 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 and says to him off mic, that's not how, it doesn't work that mm. way around here. You can't just ask for a match with the champion. You've got to work your way up the rankings, and this and the other. But, and Danielson's like, yeah, apparently it doesn't work that way, but I think you're scared. You claim to be the best in the world. You claim to be the best wrestler in the world, but you don't want to step into the ring with me and prove that you are. So I think that we, like Tony Khan or whatever, like will sign Omega versus Danielson, possibly for that New York show, um, maybe like a special Dynamite or whatever. The New York show feels like the best place to do it because it's going to be the biggest AEW show ever. Um, but non-title because he hasn't he's not in the rankings he hasn't mm. earned the shot at the title so you do it as a non-title thing also that way you can have Danielson win and then you can do a rematch at another date where Omega can uh, win and that one then is for the title you really are talking about championship well that's what AEW have done since day one if you yes. pin the champion you get a title shot Here's at least thing. it makes sense this time You actually, if you pin the champion you get a title shot not you pin the champion three times and then hey there may be a conversation to be had about you possibly getting a title shot but these other people are getting <laughs> theirs first because they haven't pinned them yet I, I, do, I do think that's logical I think that's a nice way to get there but they've just done it that way with Christian and Kenny you know, like uh, you, well, no, because Kenny, Kenny worked away up the uh, sorry, Christian worked his way up the rankings to get that shot against Kenny. I, I know what you mean, but you know, they had the match 
Kenny got beaten, then they have the rematch. My idea mm. would be to have, have Suzuki Goon. Have Suzuki Goon run out. Get that Zack Sabre <laughs> Junior match we all want. Now you just do like a do a ten man tag. Sort of do what we had with the Dark Order storyline, but just do it with Brian Danielson, Christian, Jurassic Express, Kaz, if because you know someone's got to take the pin. <laughs> uh, or I don't know. Yeah, probably wouldn't do an elimination thing because then everyone has to get pinned. And then your big main event for the Grand Slam show is all of those baby faces against Omega, the Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, Gallows and Anderson, Brandon Cutler. Oh, do you, I mean, Brandon Cutler is my new favorite part of this he's act. Genuinely, he's genuinely getting over with me. Have now. you seen the uh, the tag match, the Christian and Kaz versus Cutler and Omega? From they did it on Rampage, it was before. Oh, yeah, I saw Rampage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Cutler was left high and dry. And Cutler was doing all of his dancing around doing the elbow drops. He'd like drop an elbow, he'd like drop an elbow, get up, start doing some goofy dancing, drop another one. And he even tapped yeah. into an elbow drop. I was like, oh, he's my favorite wrestler in the world. He's so. like, And on this episode, all the baby faces run down, they clear house and all this sort of stuff to say Danielson from the Elite. And Cutler is left in the ring on his own. And he's so good at that. Like, oh, guys, oh no! Oh, what a, what a, what a, what a. Boom, get hit in the face mm. with the knee. He's so good. He's spraying the cold spray at all times. What I like about him is usually I find myself genuinely liking the heel, but with Cutler, the way he's doing it, I really just want to see him get beat up. Yeah, all the no, time. yeah. So that's that's a difficult balance to get right. I had the same thing with Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, because yeah. like, they were making their entrance, and I'm it's a like bit more be, empathetic be, towards Lee, Nakazawa. Be, be early, and he's like dancing with the title <laughs> to the beat. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was our first look at Danielson on Dynamite, and we're definitely going in that Omega Danielson direction. Yeah. Do you? I said I wouldn't mind Danielson beating Omega for the AEW Championship when they eventually have their match. I think Full Gear, I think Grand Sam Show, whatever, set it up. Full Gear is the title match. I just just want it to be Paige. I want it to be Paige. Paige is the story that I'm invested in. And and like Paige is the story that they've been building for two years. Does it have to be about the title? I think at this point, yeah. Like Paige's whole thing is about his self-doubt and not being good enough to be the champion. Kenny could win it back. I think that diminishes it. Like, surely you want Kenny to be have this really long run. I just don't think the time's right to be putting the belt on Danielson. But we we both said that Paige shouldn't win that first encounter anyway. No, no, I didn't think he so. Should. It didn't have to be for the title. Uh, um, yes, but I like, surely. So, so but no, but when the, Paige the, comes, the drama back. of him losing in that title match is that it's for the title, mm. and like he was so close from victory, like so close to victory, and it slips from his grasp again. The idea, it's Paige beating Omega and getting, getting tired. I know, I, I know people are like, and kicking out the one-winged angel. I don't even know if you need to know, have that bit of the story. If you do have that bit, great. And I think they've, they've been building towards that as well. But for me, it is about Hangman Page beating Kenny Omega. Maybe at full gear, you know, do it like nearly, or like, on like the one-year anniversary of Omega being champion or something like that. Like that's when you do it. I totally agree with you. Um, there's a part of me, a gut instinct, that's just saying, this thing might have sailed. <clears throat> the, the, the whole title element. I think, I think the, ti- the timing's now off. And if I'm looking at AEW as a business, I love Paige, but who is better as a champion? Kenny Omega currently. If it's between Danielson and Paige, though. 
I still think uh, I, I mean I don't know like do we, do we put this as a poll yeah do we do, it as a, do, we do it okay so well, there's two polls that we could do here we could do who should be Kenny for the title Paige or Danielson yeah but we've got a second poll that we could do it was like who should be should the, Kenny be beat him yeah. yeah who should be the champion Kenny Danielson or Paige should we should we make it that then? And because we can have three options, we can do. We can have up to let's, four. Let's do that and say who should close twenty twenty one as AEW World Champion. That's nice. We were that, that was real time that was work, a bit of workshop. Workshop. Yeah. We're doing it. We may have some audio oh. issues, but oh man, it's such good see. We may be really really hot now. The air conditioning isn't on, but that's oh, fine. That's, that's fine. You get your audio. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Let's see what you guys say on the Omega Chats. Of course, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over ten of, no, sorry, five of the finest US dollars. 
Twisted Mind says, When Brian came out, in his text on the screen it said four times former world champion, but from my count, should it be nine? Four times WWE, one times WWE World Heavyweight Champion, one times Ring of Honor, two times PWG, one times WXW. Am I wrong? Is Wikipedia wrong? Does AEW not count the ones from WWE? It looks like they're not counting the WWE <coughs> ones then, because that would be one Ring of Honor, two PWG, and one WXW. Unless they're, are they world titles? Let me have a look. Why wouldn't you say all nine, though? Uh, I don't know is the answer, but Luke's going to look into it. Anthony Velasquez, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega, sign me up. And the best part is, it doesn't have to be for the title. Charles Berg, the way I see it, it looks like Omega will continue getting wins over big names. Danielson will be putting over Omega, but also putting over Page. Because when Page is one of the one, the one two best Omega, it will be a bigger win due to the people Omega has already beaten. So that is them saying then that Kenny wins. Mm -hmm. Danielson does not win that match. Yeah. So Kenny looks, yeah, so the eventual putting over of Page yeah. is even bigger. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree. But it's, it's slim. You know, I'd love Paige to be champion. So this brings to mind... <coughs> let, me, let, me, uh, let me go in the Wayback Machine for just a Ooh. moment. To uh, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe from TNA. So when Angle first went to TNA, his very first thing that he did was have a feud with Samoa Joe mm. because that's the match that everyone wanted to see. Now everyone was like, oh my God, when, if Angle does go here, I want to see him have that match with Samoa Joe. The very first thing they did was that match. It was the headline of the pay-per-view. And there was, I remember on forums and things like that, there was the debate of who wins. Do you have Angle win? Or is the better argument to have Joe win? Because that establishes TNA as like the place that's got all the elite athletes as opposed to this ex-WWE guy comes in and beats one of your top stars in his first match. So we've now got that situation here with Danielson Omega. Do you have Danielson come in and win his first match because it's his first match in the company and you want to make him look like the mm -hmm. biggest deal possible? Or do you go with your talents and have them be the one that goes over? It's, it's I mean, at, at the end of the day, they're both your talents. Yeah, it's almost equal uh, yeah. in terms of like what the negative is for both things. Uh, you know, I, I'm always a believer in put over your homegrown talent. But I think at the end of the day, a business decision needs to be made. This guy just main evented WrestleMania. He's got far more mainstream recognition. Total Bellas alone. Put the belt on him. Yeah, I mean, there's always the argument. Kamal Arif. Overall, a four out of five show for me, but minus one star for cutting off Kaze Minare. I did not have time. It's, I, I know you think I'd agree with you. I was gutted they also cut it off as well. I was like, well, that seems like an error. But also, the song is 10 minutes long, like to get to that point. And I was like, there's only 10 minutes left of the show. They gave Moxie four minutes celebrating. He's the hometown boy. Also, it would be pretty funny if Brian inserts himself into yet another title match and making it a triple threat between him, Kenny, and Hangman, like in WrestleMania 30 and WrestleMania this year. Uh, Bazo Banks, hey guys, today, today's my 19th birthday and happy to be spending it with you guys. Thank you. What an incredible episode of Dynamite. Crazy to think that the top AEW versus WWE dream match in Brian versus Omega is actually going to happen. Going to SmackDown tomorrow. I really hope it's good. I mean, that's the Madison Square Garden show, right? I think that's yeah, going to be, be big. insanely good. I am... Um... I, I did actually think about that. When Danielson came and he went face-to-face -face with Omega, there was part of me that thought, 
if you'd have told me this at the start of the year that this would happen, I would have said, not a chance in hell that that is happening. I actually, there was part of me that already had resigned mm -hmm. to myself to thinking, we're never going to see Danielson versus Omega or Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. and all these sort of dream matches that we want. I was like, because I just, in my head, I was like, WWE lifer, yeah. he ain't going anywhere. I Smith. Been watching Wrestle Talk since before Luke. First time live podcast and first time Ultra Chat. Isn't it a bit too early to have a dream match? To me, it feels like a filler feud till Hangman comes back. Thoughts? Jam that chat. I won't well, do, do the dream match. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to do it. Yeah, and you've got to strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. As we'll get into with Punk and Team Taz. Bobby G. Hey lads, been a while. Congrats to Luke. D. A. D. Concerning the Omega Brian match, they could make it unsanctioned title match. Kenny loses, Brian wins, but he doesn't get the win on the record, and Kenny has the fear of Brian in his mind. That does work, because then it doesn't count on the win-loss record. But like, I don't want to want it to be a lights-out unsanctioned match. Yeah. Like, the feud doesn't require it to be an unsanctioned match. It, this, this needs to be a technical wrestling match. Precisely. Injection 2K. If they do Brian Omega, they might build it to Arthur Ashe, maybe. But I truly think they might finally do Hangman defeating Omega at full gear. Afterwards, the Elite Kit kicks Omega out, and Adam Cole becomes the new leader? Huh. And then we get a Page versus Danielson feud. Or, or, or uh, Cole, versus, Cole versus Page. Oh, Injection 2K, that's not half bad. Uh, and finally for now, Sari. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a bumpy ride ahead in the best way possible. Damn this company. Can't wait to see where this all leads in months ahead. They have my trust. Time limit draw with Danielson Omega at Arthur Ashe? That's a really good idea. That's another option. That's yeah. a really good idea in the time limit draw. That's a really smart idea, actually. Yeah. Uh, I want to do this one as well from Justin, uh, which says, another WWE guy wins the <laughs> AEW title. Nice booking, Vince McOlly. I'll just finish off because we only got two more on this subject. Chris Wagstaff, on the topic of Kenny Bryan Hangman being champion, I think it would be real nice to have Hangman versus a member of the Dark Order on the year since Brody's passing show, though his story does seem to have halted somewhat. Uh, and finally now, breaking Sydney, maybe you bring in a third fighter. Kazuchika Okada, triple threat. Okada comes in to challenge Omega, you protect Omega, build an Okada versus Danielson feud. I think you want to make those singles matches. Yeah. You don't want to spunk them into a triple threat. I agree. Like I think if you're going to do the next chapter of Omega versus Okada, I don't want it to be in a, a random triple threat that you put in there just to protect one of the other guys. Nah. -uh. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Keep getting your Omega chats in. We'll read them all out over five dollars. Do you want to hear the current poll standings? Oh, I can see it. Hangman Page currently leading the way with 67% of the vote, Omega with 21%, and your boy Danielson with 12% of the vote. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I would love any of them. I think any of them works. I'm just thinking cynically. You, you think Amos should be the WWE champion, right? <laughs> He's a great wrestler. <laughs> That's what I said. You said we both said. You said those exact words. Yeah. I mean, I look at Omega, I look at Paige, I look at Danielson. I think they cannot hold a candle to a moss. Yeah, why wasn't he the PWI 500's number one pick? It's because it's a mark oh, system. Such a mark yeah. system. Um, right, so let's get into our AEW Dynamite review play-by-play -play version. Taz was on commentary instead mm. of Excalibur. Excalibur's getting married, although oh. yeah, although he did uh, send out a tweet or something saying, I, you know, that 
I didn't know whether I should be preparing for my wedding or calling the Moxley Suzuki match. <laughs> uh, well, good job he didn't, re really. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit yeah. disappointing. Yeah. Um, but Taz was really good. I love Taz on commentary so, so much. Him and JR had some amazing moments yeah. together. In this first match, actually, I, was, I, was, I had this my coffee, my bagel this morning, and I proper guffawed laughing because <laughs> there was a moment when um, Taz incorrectly called a power slam a power bomb. Like when Dustin does his snap power slam thing, and he was like, "Sorry, no power slam." It's unlike me to get names wrong. And Jay was like, "Hey, don't look at me. Like, <laughs> I get my name wrong half the time. Like, I don't think I should be the person to correct you on getting things wrong." Well, as Luke said, it was Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes as the opener here. I thought this was a very, very good match. Oh, so great. I loved, loved, loved this match. When Adam said to me this morning, what was great on Dynamite, I said, mm. Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes. I don't know if this is a completely hot take, but that Dustin Rhodes fella may have, he may be pretty good at the old professional wrestling shtick. This was the most competitive match Malachi Black has had so far. Like, genuinely went back and forth a few times. Some big, big spots. Uh, Black put Rhodes through the table early on, the timekeeper's uh, area table. Uh, but the finish came... No, sorry, there was another bit. He got Cody's retired boot yeah. from under the the ring. Mind games. What is it with this company and boots? Remember the whole Joey Janela, Hangman Page feud and Joey Ryan? And it was the cowboy boots that talked to each other? Oh, yes. Yeah, in yeah, All yeah. In. Anyway, um, Dustin Rhodes was like, the boot! And he started, did a Canadian Destroyer, great near thought. Oh, it was so good. I, I thought Dustin was incredible in this match. And he made Malachi Black look awesome. But the commentary team did such a good job of establishing Malachi Black. Yeah, that does, he is a natural for a reason. Like he is just, he naturally takes it. He's just, I love this match so, so much. It's told a really, really smart and interesting story. And this crowd got so wrapped up in Dustin's comeback. It's no longer a case of, oh, they're in Pittsburgh or, oh, they're in Chicago. No. Most AEW crowds are hot crowds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the crowd was fantastic all night. So Dustin's whipped into the exposed turnbuckle, turns around, gets black masked in the old shoulder. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think Dustin was trying to do the arm technique of blocking. Oh! That's what he went for, but unfortunately he got hit in the shoulder. Uh, and black pinned him off of that. But, you know, the commentators covered, covered quite well saying, well, it was the turnbuckle, exposed turnbuckle there. And then he must have popped a blood capsule in his mouth because he was just pouring mouth from his... Pouring mouth. Pouring mouth. Pouring <laughs> blood from his mouth. Pouring more mouths mouth. oh, were coming more. out of his own mouth. <laughs> just mouth, 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 mouth. That's how hard his shoulder was kicked. And each one of those mouths was also throwing up other mouths. It was like that scene from Event Horizon <laughs> <laughs> when they look at the, the videotape from hell. Uh, but yeah, and then, yeah, Black walked off. Yeah. I am always terrified during his entrance that he's not going to get to the spot in time. <laughs> Do you get that? No. To the point where I cannot enjoy them. Really? Because he'll be he'll be sitting cross-legged on the stage, lights cut out. And I'm like, because you can't see anything. I'm like, he's it's got a big headdress on. Can he see where he's going? You can hear him going. <laughs> Spotlight. Now I'm on the turnbuckle. I'm like, okay, you made it. Okay. Oh, God, the light's off again. Light comes back on. Now I am cross-legged in the ring. I never want to see what happens in between those. Oh, no, no. So, exactly. And it looks so lame. <laughs> exactly. But holding his big headdress. 
there's a bit in um, Halloween Resurrection. There's a, the classic thing with Michael Myers is like, you know, you look out of a window and you see him standing there and then you look back and he's no longer there. Like he is the shape that's just moved, the shadow that seems to be following you around. There's a bit in Halloween Resurrection where Jamie Lee Curtis is standing like, in her, <laughs> she's in, um, this is like a mental asylum thing. And she's looking out the window, she sees Michael standing there and it cuts back to her and then it cuts back to the thing and he's gone. I was like, mm. So did she just see him like go, yeah, like well, duck behind a tree? That's in scary movie. Yeah. Like he's, you can see him through the classroom window, and he's. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cody will be returning for that Grand Slam show for a rematch against Black. Where you know, thankfully, Cody can finally squash the Netherlands. I've had it with these Dutch guys. Yeah, it's about time. It's about he... time America got one. Yeah. And right. then we'll, we'll find out who is next for Cody Island to steal a Stephen Larsonism. Um, Arn Anderson versus Malachi Black for full gear. Well, I mean, he's, Surely. he's the one who's Surely. got it down pat. Like, he knows how to protect himself <laughs> from the Black Mass. Um, a theme of this show was that there was too much show. And <laughs> one way they tried to get everything on the show was by doing loads and loads of little video packages and, and quick interviews that were already pre-recorded. I don't think that's uncommon for Dynamite. No, no. Um, they've got so many plates to spin, and they've got such a deep roster, they do have to do something about it soon. I, 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 I disagree. I think it was a hindrance. They've got so much, so many riches and spoils now. It's becoming somewhat of a hindrance. I disagree. Okay. Well, we got the Lucha Bros saying, well, hey, we're champions. Then we got Miro and Eddie Kingston building their rematch, which is, was it announced for Grand I don't, Slam? No, I think it was announced, but it, surely it has to be. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk came out and he thanked Darby and he thanked Sting and all of us. Wrestling again was like riding a violent bicycle. Yeah. And they got a, you still got it chant. He referenced Brian Pillman's aunt in the front row. Because Brian Pillman Jr., who, who you know raised Brian Pillman, really, because that was Brian Pillman's mum next to uh, it was um, Brian uh, Brett Pillman's uh, daughter, I believe, who was there. Might have been his mum actually. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mixed stuff up. Um, but yeah, he pointed that out, which was good for later in the MJF segment. Uh, and then he said, "Well, who should I face next?" Brian Danielson, and the crowd are like, "Oh yes, Cincinnati's own John Moxley." Mm! And then Taz stands up. Now, I had... So we had a chat on... It might have been the All Out review or something like that. And someone said, who do you think is next for Punk? And I didn't say this at the time, but I was going to say Ricky Starks. And the reason I was going to say Ricky Starks is because it's who Punk keeps saying in all of his interviews, he's the person he wants to work with. Yeah. And I was, so I was going to say Ricky Starks, but then I talked myself out. I was like, well, no, because he's still tied up with the Brian Cage thing. So probably won't be Ricky Starks next. So when Team Taz, when Team Taz, when Taz stood up and was like, "Don't want to interrupt you, dear Tell Punk, but I've got some things to say to you," and then... he gets angry when he sees people doing impressions. <laughs> you don't want to get a DM from oh, Taz. I, I mean, I've got more to come. I love Taz. He's my. I love my, Taz. He's one of my favorite things on this show because Punk like he's like, "Don't you say the name Team Taz," and Punk's like. No one said Team Towns. Like, yeah. I didn't say anything. It's like, you said it in Don interviews. Yeah. <laughs> it was really great. I thought it didn't work. Strong disagree. Personally. I loved it. <laughs> I get, like, the, the motivation is that Taz is so annoyed already. But the way Punk sold it was like, <laughs> what are you talking about, old man? 
I just, I just didn't think it worked that great. Anyway, it looks like it's setting up, in the immediate term at least, uh, a match against Powerhouse Hobbs. Seemed to be, yeah, because they got, had Powerhouse Hobbs and then beat Dante Martin in a uh, in a, a very good match, actually. I really enjoyed it. It went longer than I thought it was going to, but it's all about like putting over, making sure that everyone knows how cool and impressive Dante Martin mm. is, but also giving Powerhouse Hobbs a win. So yeah, because I would imagine he's probably going to have the, uh, a match with, with Punk at some point. I really enjoyed Punk's line, ending line, because the crowd really reacted to it as well, where he's like, um, oh, whatever it is, survive if I let you. Mm. I thought it was so cool to use Taz's own line against him. And like, the reason why I loved it, A, made me, it popped me, the crowd reaction to it when they went, oh, <laughs> he used Taz's own catchphrase against him. What? Yeah. Beat me if you can. So, oh, I can't believe he said that. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks, the feud there will be hella good on promos. Um, yeah, me, I just, I guess this is Punk's first proper storyline feudy thing. I don't know. It's just not, it's just not making me super excited. And I kind of feel like... You've got a lot of momentum. You want him to be the the AEW world champion. I think he should be beating Omega (laughs) on Rampage this Friday. And everyone else. And, yeah. No, only the the tippity-top guys. I feel like all the ex-WWE guys should form a faction. (laughs) I don't know if this has been done before. Someone said that my Taz impersonation sounds more like Barney from the Flintstones. <laughs> it's actually not that wrong. But there, there were some Taz calls in this, that, and these, these were my other Taz impressions I wanted to do, that really made me laugh. Which is when they, when they did this series of moves, and JR said it was like a chicken wishbone thing. And then Taz like, what happens? Oh no, it's a, they said it was a game of chicken. Because Dante Martin goes to do a flip. Hook gets on the apron. And then Dante Martin looks at him and he does a flip over Hook onto mm. Powers. And Jay was like, oh, Dante Martin was playing a game of chicken with your boy there. And Taz was like, what happens if you lose the game of chicken? Do you have, do you have to eat the chicken bones? What the chicken bones, JR? Do I have to eat them the game of chicken? And I was like, Taz is the greatest commentator in the history of mankind. <laughs> I'm just going to riff for a bit on chicken. Indulge exactly me. exactly what he said. was <laughs> like, I've got, I got five minutes of material on chicken. Let me run with it. Uh... But even all this, still not the best Taz thing on the show. It was him singing Ruby Soho. <laughs> yeah. After that, we got Santana and Ortiz kind of promo saying it's time now with FTR in the rearview mirror. We're going for the tag team titles. So yes, Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Bros. Incredibly exciting. Uh, Britt Baker's backstage having an interview with Tony Schiavone. Sorry, Ruby Soho is having an interview with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel come in, and Britt had a really good line with, well, your name's The Runaway, right? Why don't you run away to catering where you spent most of the last year? And you could hear the crowd just go, Oh, what's on? (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Then we got that powerhouse Hobbs match who beat Dante Martin. Dan Lambert appeared. So good as Dan Lambert. He is so good, but on a show that already had too much stuff on, and this led to nothing, and was exactly the same stuff we've already heard. Good heat, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that surprised me the most about this Dan Lambert um, interview was, like, it, the, the end punchline was that he will never have to hear the chant of AEW, which I just thought was weird, because the crowd never do that. I know. They've never done that on a show before, <laughs> have they? It cuts over to Tony, and Tony Schiavone said, it sounds like someone shouting at clouds, which is the often used word to describe Jim Cornette. So if you were in any doubt whether Dan Lambert's character was based on a particular person, 
It's probably Kenny Omega is loving this backstage. Oh, yeah. It's just it's probably Kenny writing hey, Dan, on the Dan, Dan say this. <laughs> the ass. The ass Dan. Um, Hardy in a Matt Hardy in a uh, video package said he wants to cut Orange Cassidy's hair off. Which is what you called. <clears throat> well, you know, call me a savant, but when someone in wrestling <laughs> tries to cut someone's hair off yeah, yeah. in an angle, I think that's probably going to result in a hair versus hair match. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty big. I mean, you've got to think it's Matt Hardy losing the hair. 100%, yeah. Matt Hardy getting his head shaved. I'm quite excited for that. I think that's at the Arthur Ashe show as well. I, I really think they're going to front, like, really yeah. load this with a Two massive weeks. card. Well, I mean, they've, they've been feuding forever, Davis. Like, yeah. they, and Orange Cassidy's beaten him already. Like, we may as well finish this up now. Like, we can't extend this to full gear. So you can do like that. You can do uh, either Danielson Omega or that 10-man tag. Uh, Miro versus Kingston. Mm. A lot of people are really pushing for the idea of Lucha Bros versus Santana and Ortiz for the tag titles. Yeah. Hardy gets his head shaved. Some version of Danielson versus Omega. Soho Baker. T TNT title change. Hell of a show that is. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Jesus Christ. This promo was the best kind of offensive. Yeah, so this is MJF coming out for a promo here. He is salty yeah. from his loss. Max Caster needs to watch this <laughs> and realize this is how you can be offensive in a character way. Yeah. Because everything he said, all the things he said were made sense within the story. It wasn't just a cheap joker, you know, someone who's not connected to wrestling's expense. So MJF comes out and he is furious because he's embarrassed. He tapped out to Jericho. But he also won. But he won. But bias officiating made them turn over the decision. Oh, he's such a dick. <laughs> In his head, yeah, he's justified. He's even more pissed off. And he just channels all of that hate on the local crowd on Cincinnati. And he just says, you know, you know why they call it Midwestern? It's because everything is mid. <laughs> it's not the worst. Yeah. It's mid. Yeah. It's nothing. Oh, he was just awful to people. Uh, he sees uh, Lydia, her name was, so Brian Pillman Jr.'s aunt in the front row. And he just goes to her, don't you dare look at me or I'll punch your teeth down your throat. This is like a... I don't know, a 60 year old woman? Yeah. And then it starts kind of promo on like Pillman and stuff. Pillman Jr. comes out as, you know, like Cincinnati homeboy. So he gets like the big old like hometown Great pop. Hometown. hometown pop for him that is so much bigger because MJF was ragging him so much. And then MJF started to cut a promo on his mother. And like he called her Methany. And he's like, sorry, sorry, Melanie, sorry. Like, like Good, great. there was so much in this that was like, to the knuckle, no, like it was. I loved it. Yeah, and he said he said something. What was that? I'm gonna get it wrong, but it was along the lines of, "You should never have happened, Brian, because your mother should have swallowed like she does for everybody else." Yeah, I'm like, freaking hell! That is probably the most adult joke, at like adult put down I have heard in wrestling, in a mainstream wrestling show at least. Mm. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard something more brutal than that. Yeah, I, I love the fact that like clearly like Aunt Linda and everyone was like completely on board oh, with this to be like definitely. It's, it's the wrestling world. Like yeah. this is what things do. And I, I just I, I loved it so much. Did you call her Aunt Lydia? 
Maybe unfortunately. <laughs> well, she's an auntie. Her Handmaid's name's Lydia. It's, a, it's, it's an unfortunate pairing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you said I'm Lydia, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And, <laughs> and I was like, hang on a sec. <laughs> that's very, uh, that's really good. Um, but yeah, I thought this was so so good. But also, they add, they were furthering on another storyline with they're doing, which is the dissension mm. between MJF and Wardlow, and. Unlike Dewdrop and Eva Marie, this totally makes sense because Wardlow is under contract to MJF. So that's why he's like, so when he says at Wardlow, go stand in the corner and be pretty and be like, well, why isn't Wardlow turning on him? It's like, because Wardlow can't turn on him just yet. He can't do so. He has to protect MJF. It's in it like, it's, he literally has to. It's so good. And like the crowd reaction to MJF telling him to go stand in the corner and look pretty was amazing and then Wardlow stands in the corner and turns away while Brian Pillman is beating him up and conflicted Wardlow is like I've got to go save that little prick yeah I, have to, I've, I cannot believe I've got to go save him but I have to so turns around and starts beating up Pillman it was so cool yeah Wardlow was fantastic here you know very very subtle but he did everything right everyone was very good mm-hmm. um, Brian Pillman looked awesome Griff Garrison runs down to sort of help his his tag partner his Varsity Blondes tag partner but MJF had the, the diamond ring punched Griff Garrison knocked him out uh, and yeah and so it sets up a match I think it's actually the is it the Arthur Ashe show the MJF versus I don't know if that match was officially made they did they did they did but they Caster it, versus Pillman for Friday was made yeah Pillman's got a match with MJF for the New York show awesome and then yeah good way to build it up and it's him versus Caster at um, yeah him versus Caster at Rampage this Friday yeah that's right so a criticism we often level at WWE is how they do not put hometown stars over they just use it as a way to get heel heat mm. that's what happened here in terms of they just they they sort of used him as the punching bag to get the heel here. They ragged on Cincinnati. They ragged on the Cincinnati hometown boy Brian Pillman Jr. and the heels stood tall. At the end of the day, though, a Cincinnati boy stood tall, sent the crowd home happy. Yeah. No, I I thought it worked. I'm just like I'm trying to make sense in my head because on paper. This is what WWE does. Difference, but this yeah. worked. And the difference, I think, a lot better. I think the difference you could make, an argument you could make of the difference between the two is that WWE do it for like every single person. Mm-hmm. So, like, if there are five people from Houston and you do a Houston show, then all five of those people are getting uh, are losing. Whereas for like, a year. <laughs> whereas, like here, you had one person get slightly embarrassed by it, so you could build up the hometown pop you get for later yeah. on in the show. And Moxley is a bigger star than Pillman is, even though it was his birthday. An amazing segment, I mm-hmm. thought, top to bottom. Really liked it. Then we got Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter. Uh, oh, I don't love this match. I, you know, credit to AW here. They gave the women the top of the hour spot, which is, I mean, maybe it's because Baker was out there, but like, the, you know, top of the hour is like reserved for Jericho. Like probably overran. <laughs> Something else is probably scheduled here. <laughs> they actually had uh, Paul White versus QT Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> 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 on standby. <laughs> standby. I'm ready to go, bro. I'll throw this I'll savour this last dart um, yeah the, the match wasn't great I don't no, think like they, they blew a spot pretty later on because I think they were like they're trying to put over the hate of strength and saying they didn't quite work out but yeah maybe it's because Baker was out there but I thought just giving them the top of the hour spot was a, it was a show of confidence Ruby won with the riot kick heels beat her down afterwards and Chris Statlander and Riho made the save yeah so that sets up a six woman tag for Rampage this coming Friday um, and of course, Taz sung 
Ruby Soho's entrance music yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end, which was fantastic. Uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks had a little video package setting up their singles match soon. So maybe that will, once Starks is done with that, he can go against Punk. Then we got, I mean, this is, I love this next match, but if I'm looking at everything on the card, I could have probably dropped this, saved it for another day, so I could give everything else more time. Yeah. It was FTR and Sean Spears versus the Dark Orders, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and John Silver. Yeah, I mean, as much as I, I, I know I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I'm going to completely agree with you here because I loved this. Yeah. Actually, I, and I really, really mm. like this. I thought that the, the, the infighting of the Dark Order was so well told throughout this match because Silver and Reynolds are on, aren't on the same pages as Uno and Grayson at the moment. And like Colt Cabana's over on one side, Anna Jay is now trying to like bridge this gap between them. Dark Order is not fine. Like, you know, it's Bullet Club in 2017. <laughs> and in this match, Grayson starts the match, Silver immediately tags himself in. And then he does some wrestling in the moment, does some Johnny Hungy stuff. And then almost like reluctantly tags back in Stu Grayson. But they do a couple more spots, and it's all you can see John Silver be like, oh yeah, this is why I love this group. Mm. It's so much fun hanging out with these guys. And he like happily tags back in again. And then when he collides with Uno at the end and loses, the, the falling out happens again. And it's Uno that kind of shouts at Silver, oh, and it's really uncomfortable. It's but it's so good. I like, know, yeah, it's yeah, great. For that reason. And then like Anna Jay and Ty Conti, Conti's terrible acting on the stage. Blah! But she's a really good wrestler. She can do whatever she wants. She, I love that. She's amazing. And yeah, I, I'm really into this Dark Order storyline. Yeah. And it was there so you could have Tully do the promo afterwards so he could set up the match before Spears versus... Derby. Derby next week, that's right, yeah. Which I, I'm sure Sean Spears will win. Um, <laughs> so I loved all of the, the components of this, but you're right. Considering that your main event of this show was Moxley versus Suzuki and it only went seven minutes... This you probably could have excised this off the running orders. You could have given that main event more time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, the I get, I'm looking at the Dark Order and I'm thinking this is where Hangman Page returns. Yeah, to to, to unite them to to be their new leader. It doesn't need to be the leader. Negative <laughs> one's the leader. Also, that's Adam Cole. Yeah. Uh, then we've got a video package on the women's casino royale battle thingy competitors. I thought this did more for them than the match <coughs> itself. Yeah. Uh, then we got that Tully interview backstage. He's he's going to wrestle Sting, goddammit. Probably in a tag match, you'd reckon. I think so, yeah. Uh, Sting with Derby versus Spears and Tully. Yeah. Yes! Yes, I'm in for it. Yes, please. Uh, Vasty Blondes are in the medical room. Uh, Griff's getting seen to. And Max Caster just shows up. Yeah. Of course, he of... I think it's probably 30 days. I haven't done the maths. Well, he's been on Rampage a couple of times as well. I think he made his return on Rampage. He's been on Dark. What? Yeah, they did a whole segment like where he he read out like a a, a rap that like wasn't very good, and then like tore up. Like it was, they made a joke of like he's been doing what? Oh yeah, he's been back for a little while. I think I follow wrestling <laughs> quite closely. I watch Rampage. Maybe it's just on Dark Elevation. You need to watch Dark Elevation. That's your problem. Da, 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 da. Caster would return during tapings for Dark Elevation on September 1st. So he came back last week. Last week. There you go. Which was 30 days 
after the the incident. So I think they did. I don't watch Dark Elevation, unfortunately, but I think they did like some form of a joke where mm-hmm. he read out like a uh, a approved rap. Yes. For his entrance, and then he tore it up and did the actual rap that he wanted to do. It sounds witty. Well, you just get it signed off beforehand. Yeah. I was saying um, it was on Dark Ollie. You need to watch. <laughs> So he's back, yay, I popped because it was new to me. And <laughs> they will be having a match on Rampage. Looking forward to that. Mm. Because, yeah, I wonder, he's going to have to do a rap on Pillman. And I guess you want to try and top MJF. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't no. know how you can. Go for it. You go a different angle. Because yeah. like, what you don't want to do is just try. Because if you try and top it, then you're not going to, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. So you may as well take a different angle on it. Uh, then we got the Brian Danielson Elite stuff, which we've already covered. Very exciting. Uh, they ran through all the matches in the quickest time possible that are coming up. That's because they have too many shows. And the main event was John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki, which, as we've said, you know, really excited for. But the timing issues earlier in the show, there was only 15 minutes left of this episode with the entrances. You only got seven minutes of... It was a seven-minute match. Three of those minutes were in an ad break. Yeah. I mean, I watched it all because I've got Fight, was the international one, but even me, with the seven minutes, I was like, oh, I just wanted longer. And I felt like it was getting... You know, it was it was good, and it was a good match. It was just them both doing the exact same moves on each other in that awesome fighting spirit way. But by the... It, then it just finished, and I'm like, oh, it get, it was just moving into the second half. Yeah. I mean, because you had Suzuki uh, bleed, there was a cool visual to it, like off the, the, the um, paradigm shift. Mm. So there was this cool visual at the end with Murder Grandpa, like bleeding from the eye, and like Moxley finally managed to finish him off. So it had a cool visual finish, but only seven minutes for this match, this yeah. heavy. And I mean, you could say that it was heavily hyped, like it was promoted on, on the pay per view and stuff. They announced huge that it's going to be happening. Yeah. Like, this is huge for wrestling fans. <clears throat> Not huge for a casual audience, but this is huge for wrestling fans. And those wrestling fans who bought the tickets, but those people bought the first day ticket for John Moxley's homecoming, and then they announced the match. So for me, I would have loved to have seen twice the length, basically. Like, it didn't yeah. need to go half an hour, but 15 minutes would have been grand. You would have loved to have seen twice the length. Oh, I always want to see twice yeah. the length. Right? It's, what, it's, it's what my wife says to me all the time. So it, I, I just, and I agree with her. It's the one shot appearance like Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. In that instance, they did it perfectly. They gave it the proper exhibition. It's yeah. not a mainstream thing. People won't know who he is, but everyone would have left that going, I get exactly what he is. Yeah. We, I, we did not get that from Minoru Suzuki here. They did a lot in those seven minutes, though. Yes. Like it never felt, because I actually. I, I wanted that again. Because I, I saw that the show only had. 10 minutes left when they when they rang the bell and I, I was when I made the note I was like maybe Tony Schiavone should have got out of the ring quicker mm. uh, Adam Cole was there like guys we need to get to the main event get out of the ring <laughs> but in that when I was watching this match I was like maybe I was wrong that it's not seven like 10 minutes mm. left of the show because this feels like it's going much longer than that period of time so I think they actually worked the match very very well for the time that they had allotted I just wish they had more of that time allotted the big anger, and apparently even in the crowd, people were very unhappy, was that the most exciting part of Suzuki's entrance and him as an actor, not the most exciting, but one of the key things of his act is about five minutes into his entrance music. It's a long old song. There is the lyric, and everyone likes to sing that line, and they didn't have time for it. No. 
That's unforgivable. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like that was that's right there. On, like that that is a open goal. I've also got to say, Moxley's paradigm shift has become a double underhook suplex. It has been for a while, and I'm, I do not like that as a finish because the Death Rider variation looks so cool. Yeah, I mean the brain bust. There's a sort of a brain bustery vibe to it, but it just looks like a suplex. Did not like that. Um, but overall, four out of five. But it's one of those four out of fives where I'm like, you had a five on five out of five on the table. Yeah. So it's it's weird. Some, some four out of fives are a bit more frustrating than others. <laughs> but like, I would much prefer a three out of five show that feels like a four out of five show. Hey, I'm, I'm with you, brother. Like, I I'm, I'm really enjoyed the show. I probably would have also scored a four out of five. Try to get quite a lot in on this show. The, I, when I finished it, I was like, man, five out of five, absolutely, because mm. I loved everything on the show. Looking back on it, though, yeah, I think they tried to cram pretty slightly too much. Apologies, there was no community uh, poll up today. Uh, forgot. <laughs> I do that occasionally <laughs> on the Wrestle Talk one. Thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Go over there now, sign up, because you can hear us review Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza 2016 sometime this week. It'll be on Friday, in fact. Um, so we've already recorded it, and we recorded that yesterday, in fact. I'm just getting to get the clips now to put together the edit for it. And it is a show that is main evented by the Young Bucks versus the Motor City Machine Guns versus, uh, I need to call them the acclaim then, the Addiction in Ladder War 6. And it is an insane ladder match. It's a very historically interesting show. Oh, yeah. Just because... It's it's before Akada and Omega really blew up everything. So yeah. you've got all of the you know what is now NXT and AEW was this roster on with New Japan on the card is Hangman Page versus Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> in comfortably the worst match on the card. Yeah. Uh, but thank you to our wonderful twenty five dollar a month or more backers, Dave the D Train Carpenter, Angelic Angelo Mercado. Who wants to walk? With Daniel, Elias Chrysler. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. That's some good karma. Good karma. Good dharma. Good dharma. Karma. <laughs> Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate, drop surname. Halloween Havoc Central. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zimjewski. Ari and Shifra, the booze awaits. How do you like them apples? Marcel Dura. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, on the 9th of September 2021, Andrew the Last Airbender, Merculiano. Mm. Thank you all so much. Yeah, a review of Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza 8, I think it is, uh, from 2016, will be live for you this Friday. Very excited. Loads of Omega Chats, thank you very much. Let's get to them right now. William Rosmer, fun fact with all the Danielson versus Omega talk, there exists a Ring of Honor triple threat between Danielson, Omega, and Seth Rollins. 
at the time known as Tyler Black. It's on YouTube. Yeah, Ring of Honor, they're very, very smart. When all of their top talent <laughs> went to WWE, they were like, we've got a hell of a lot of yeah. uh, matches that we can uh, put up on here. Christopher Jazzcat, fantasy booking for a moment. Omega beats Paige, but not before Paige kicks out of the one-winged angel. Danielson then beats Omega for the title. Paige eventually wins the title from Danielson. Paige's first win over Omega then legitimizes him as champ. To, I mean, uh, okay, fancy booking. Page beats Omega. That, uh, that accomplishes everything that you've just said there, but with four less steps. The intangible one, Cliff Beard. I think the full gear title match should be Omega versus Brian with Omega winning, and that's where Page makes his return to the song, I need a hero. I'm building out for a hero for the end of the night. He's gotta be strong and he's gotta be, and he's gotta be fresh from the fight. Do you wanna do it like Fred Durst now? <laughs> I can't do the... You do the voice. I need a hero! <laughs> Before his actual theme starts to play. Uh, cultural influence of gravy. Howdy, gents. Can you believe the wrestling world is collapsing on itself? It feels like the Twilight Zone. Brian versus Kenny is too good to not start immediately. When Hangman gets the belt, how long should he carry it? And who do you think is next? I would love to see Paige versus Punk. Yes, I think that's a good one. Uh, I don't know how long he has the title for you know I don't baby faces as champions is tricky you want the chase yeah Phil Roberts Danielson Omega have amazing match can be a title match although that does breach the wins losses matter principle important to AW's identity Omega cheats to win and Danielson goes on to feud with Cole or someone staying in and around the title picture that's why I think it can't be for the title mm. because I do think that does raise the question of the win-loss record uh, situation. Like Ruby Soho is getting a title shot because she won the Casino Battle Royal. She didn't just walk in and get that title shot. So I think if you do, you can just do Omega Danielson and say, it's not for the title. I like Brian versus Cole as the next feud though. Kevin, yeah, okay, Omega versus Brian's cool, but how about, how about CM Punk versus Adam Cole? Just the mic skills of these guys. I could listen to those two for two hours. James Hanley, are they specifically trying to not feed into the yes chance? If that's the case, then does WWE own the word yes in wrestling? I think it would be funny if Danielson would start workshopping uh, a legally distinct alternative like, correct. Well, that's, that's Ms. Morrison's deal. Correct. Maybe it's just that Danielson himself wants to move away from it. That's what he said, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did say, like, the people want to see me beat Omega. And they all said yes. Like, yeah. That's a... I thought he was leaning into it. Uh, Erky or Ursi18. Good thing Dan Lambert has a real man like Scorpius guy. Five foot ten. Tower <laughs> over those five foot nine and under he mentioned. Is a heel. Uh, he still does nothing for me. This is basically the same promo for the fourth time. Like, actually do something. Go away, go away, heat for me. And Renee Porter, Dan Lambert's line regarding the lyrics of Judas was as cold as December <laughs> snow. I mean, he is right. Um, on the subject of Mox versus Suzuki, Gate Crash of Rubber, no Kazanina Ray cutting the track before the crowd sing along was criminal. It's one of the best pops at all out. It's even charted in the US the last few days with the singer contact Suzuki thanking him for taking her song worldwide. Keith uh, Lloyd, Murder Grandpa versus Mean Dad for life. Also, <laughs> can you see AEW doing a storyline where someone loses in their hometown? Uh, and who would that wrestler be? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, Pillman got beaten down in his hometown here. Hmm. Um, Matthias L. I like the match between Mox and Suzuki, but I had really hoped that Lance and Eddie had gotten involved and then lead to them having a tornado tag match to open up the Grand Slam show coming soon. 
They don't change matches on the fly, uh, so that that was never really a, an option on this episode of Dynamite. No, but I think on the same like you have Eddie and Lance come out, so you can uh-huh. then do that tag match at the start of the. But I think Eddie versus Miro is the bigger match for for that show. Stephen Beer, being at all out and hearing the deafening Kazanina Ray hit me that it could never happen in WWE. They would never get Minoru. WWE crowd wouldn't yell Kazanina Ray. Was it just the smarky Chicago crowd at WWE and AEW even the same product? It's not just the smarky Chicago crowd. We have done, we've been to thousands of shows with Suzuki on the card and everyone does that. Yeah. And yes, they are they are different things. WWE is sports entertainment, AEW is wrestling. Are you saying that you legitimately think <laughs> that Vince McMahon is the greatest promoter in the world? That's, I, yes. He's got the most successful one. Oh, I don't know. People have told me on Twitter. It's sports that. entertainment. That's just that. I, I think it's healthy for for me personally and everyone else. They're different products. Well, no, WWE is not oh, wrestling. Yeah, I know. But the problem is they've already they've stopped the clip at you saying <laughs> yes, and that that's all that people are going to say now. That, that lad's going to send it across to me again, calling me an idiot or something. The Kentucky Kid. First time old chat. I was at the show last night. First live show ever, and it was electric. Can't wait to see them in the UK. Uh, wait for them to go to the UK so you can experience it too. Yes, yes, please. Trenton Brown, what are the chances that Suzuki murdered everyone in the production truck for cutting his music short? They probably told him in advance that it was, it was not going to happen. I would not want to be back there. Uh, the Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hey, boys, so not even Punk can escape the pull of Taz's mid-card vortex. I'm loving the inner battle of the Dark Order. Also, when does Hangman come back? Overall, great wrestling. Storylines progressed. Four out of five. Um, I mean, my paternity leave is four weeks, so maybe he's going to a similar deal to me. Sorry. Dark Order fighting has to end in Rochester with my, uh, negative one or someone, Hangman, fixing it. All the feels. Also, hoping Dan Lambert gets the kayfabe blame for going overtime and resulting in no time for Kaze Ninare. And we get Suzuki and Archer destroying Paige and Sky. I mean, th- that's not... The worst shot in the world because they sort of were feuding with Lance Archer. They mm. were, they, yeah. you know, that was the whole, this whole thing started was Lance Archer attacking I need him. a partner, yes. And like that ties into like the real men thing. Like who is more real man than Minoru freaking Suzuki? Trained by Carl Gotch. Exactly. Yeah. That's really, uh, that's a great idea. Bo Hill. Can't just sign Lee Moriarty. All I need now is a faction with Danielson, Garcia, Utah, and Moriarty called the Technicians. Oh, sounds like someone's fantasy booking in the semi-finals that go live on Saturday on Parts of Unknown. Nikolai, Azopardi. Isn't it nice to watch a wrestling show where everyone was over? The big debuts and the great matches are obviously amazing, but it's the little things that really make this show a weekly highlight. Chuck Cassis. I was there last night. The show went bananas. The whole show. Mox got an insane pop from the crowd. There was not a dull spot in the show for the live fans. I loved the show last night and got Carl Anderson to wink at me and Colt Cabana to wave high. Oh, Colt's the nicest. Black Adam. Saw the show live. Was awesome. Got the tickets a month before. The scalpers got in on the punk hype. Took some non-wrestling fan friends. They all fell in love and immediately hated MJF. Max Caster was over. No one seemed to care. He was cancelled. No Taz. So um, I, we got an email from uh, Tim, uh, someone called Tim as well who sent in like they're sort of they, they're from Indianapolis and they drove across too and he had a point here that I wanted to read out where he said um, uh, the people next to me had not been to a live event since the Ultimate Warriors first WWE run and the guy in the road behind me drove over an hour for just Alistair Black and CM Punk and then he left after the first two segments. 
Well, he got to see he got to see the two guys that he drove for. Yeah. So then he then he was off. I guess if, if he's got work the next day, you know. Mm. Uh, but yes, a lot of people are coming back to wrestling. It's exciting. Biggie spell two. Were the heel and face entrances reversed for this show? If so, why? It's not something my mind ever picks up on. It really doesn't. I always I forget which one's which. There was a moment on um, All Out when Punk was pointing to the different entrance ramps mm. to see which two, and I was like, oh, I don't know which. They need to have labels. Mm. <laughs> Adam Cole came up heel one. We should have seen it coming. Yeah. Uh, Dorks of Wrestling. Hi, guys. Hope you guys are having a good day. MJF segment was my favorite of the show. He and Cole are the best heels. I don't believe Dustin is 52. Jam that jam and LIW for life. P.S. Cool shirt, Luke. Thanks. Also, did either of you watch Shang-Chi? Oh, Dogs of Wrestling. Head on over to Cineworld's YouTube channel there because we reviewed it last week. And also go and uh, download the Cineworld podcast available on all podcast catches where we talk about it even more. Ten Ruzza. Also, it still doesn't feel real. Brian Punk, Cole, wow. So pumped for Arthur Ashe now. Another big show. Hope they start building the women strong for the Ash show. Mm. Didn't see MJF uh, facing Pillman coming, but MJF was so insane. Sting versus Tully, wow. AEW, Bay Bay. wonder if that's one of the Arthur Ashe shows as well, doing that Sting versus Tully tag mm. match. Slap Nuts Dudley, I was there, was even able to sneak into the front row halfway through the concession stand, which I think pissed <laughs> off Sean Ross Sapp, LOL. Rangers Mayhem, I enjoyed last night, I'll be at the show next week after an 18 month wait, and I'm slightly disappointed by the card so far, went from blood and guts to an afterthought show to set up Grand Slam, not looking forward to Cody rambling for a 10 minute promo. Um. I don't know. Next week, what's on next week's show? You got uh, Allen versus Spears. You got Cole's first match against Ken. Yeah, that'll be that's gonna be that'll be pretty quick. I don't, I don't think I it's gonna be might quick. go. Back. And I, I'm, Kaz is great. Kaz actually. is awesome. Cole's really good. I'd be super pumped to see Cole versus Kaz. Some stupid punk. I'm an absolute mark for AEW, but I genuinely think they have a hard time capitalizing on their big pay-per-views momentum. This episode had too many slow matches and long promos. I still enjoyed it, but they needed more. Also, Suzuki is staying a bit longer. D-A-D. Uh, dried chicken without flavor. Tony Schiavone versus Adam Cole confirmed. Uh, on the subject of AEW in general, some stupid punk said, I think after El Generico and Steen, uh, we're good. And Emma Moon. Come on, you mad lad, Tony Khan. <laughs> Samuel Morrison, fancy booking. Britt Baker ditches Rebel and Jamie. She's outgrown them. Form a power couple with Adam Cole. Need to a match with them two versus Andrade and Charlotte. You had me up until Andrade and Charlotte. Agreed. Ryan Russ, now that Cole is here, I want Hangman to rejoin the elite. He'd be conflicted but can't resist joining his friends. He could even help Kenny against Brian. He could finally turn on Kenny and lead to a title match rebuilding the feud from before he left. But the elite don't want him. Mm. He's a loser. They don't want losers in the group. <laughs> Uh, Jazzcat says, I'm for one, I'm looking forward to the rematch of John Jacob Jingle Hammerschmidt versus John Jing Jacob Jingle Haddenschmidt. I predict that John Jacob Jingle Hammerschmidt is going to get his head kicked in by John Jacob Jingle Hammerschmidt. You familiar with this? The PWG show when Kenny Omega and uh, Brian Danielson had a match. Oh, yeah. But they, they sang this song <laughs> right. in it. I can't remember the exacts, but yeah, that's that's in reference to Omega. Ten Reserve. I'm so hyped for the thought of Mount Rushmore. Bravo to Kevin and the Bucks on the location changes. So pumped for the potential additions in the coming months. Wouldn't mind if Dynamite being three hours every now and again and have Rampage be two hours. No. That, that, <laughs> That's a problem. You think you want it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you, which means we do not need it. Uh, keep them wanting more. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Steen. Oh, that's the next one for me. Yeah. That's the next one. 
and yeah, again, not one I thought I would ever see, but I, I would love it. And yes, like, I think that please. these having guys, the guys and girls that you released go across is one thing. Having people actively choosing to just mm. let their contracts go, like we had that with Moxley, but we haven't had it since Moxley really. Like now we're getting yeah. with Daniel, Danielson Cole, and not, and, but like Moxley hated it there. Danielson Cole loved it there. Like they had such a great time in WWE mm. and they had such a great relationship with everyone there and actively chose to go across to the competition. That speaks so much. Uh, William Rosmer, I was hoping for a show with Cole Bucks and the Good Bros versus Punk Danielson Cena Jurassic Express in Blood and Guts with Omega versus Hangman for the title in the undercard. Definitely building the elite to some kind of war games match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ten Rosa, I'm so. Oh, we just had that. Chaos Control, I'm 23 and started watching wrestling pretty much during the start of the Ruthless Aggression era. This is the most exciting uh, time for people my age, I think. Oh, yeah, you're doing Grub during the Action mm. era. That's probably a good point. Not Jackson Schaefer, hey, icons. Felt a chill down my spine when I saw that Black was facing Cody in New York. AEW, do the right thing. So Black can kill Christmas by pinning Miro in the spirit of uh, that Cody does it for America. Black Christmas kill. I am convinced that Jackson Schaefer is. Hoping to get on the show. <laughs> Trying to do a new punk rant. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Hey, hey John. Um, has Cody's boot become a new accessory item in AEW, similar to Trip's sledgehammer in AEW? I like this new accessory item, though. I hope it's a weapon in the game. Yes. Alan Metz. Good morning, guys. I'm 32. I've been watching wrestling since I can remember. This time in wrestling is by far my favorite time to be a wrestling fan as an adult. Can Ollie get one more match Christian Cage style to recapture the jam that championship? Jam that jam. I'm thinking about it, but I need I, I need something to to make Pete accept me as a challenger say, for extreme you, rules. You've lost. You lost it all out by you know ref's decision. Watch this space. Nate S, if Paige eventually does come back and win the title of someone other than Kenny, I think it could be a great story when Kenny challenges him and raises all Paige's doubts because he could never beat Kenny. Good way to delay, extend that story. Carl uh, Jeffries, who will turn heel first, Chicago made Punk or Dragonson Daniel Bryan? Oh, I think Punk. Yeah. I think Danielson will just be a badass. The Papa Papaya. If Kingston wins the title in New York, I'd see, love to see Malachi Black be the one to take it off him down the line. Who do you think should be the next for the TNT title? Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think Malachi Black after whatever happens there, though. Adam Cole. Yeah, jeez. Get, yeah. get some more gold in the elite. Yeah. The intangible one, Cliff Beard. Also, give me Stadium Stampede of Super Elite Six, Bucks, Good Bros, Omega Cole versus Jurassic Express, minus Marco Stan, Christian, Kaz, and Page, with Page pinning Omega in the match. I prefer the Dark Order and Page yeah, in that. I agree. Injection 2K, one last fantasy booking with all the infighting with the Dark Order. What if it is the red, um, what if this is a red herring for a Wyatt Rotunda joining for the Super Smash Bros versus Hangman Page joined by Silver Reynolds 5 and 10? Uh, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt in the Dark Order. Poke says Jurassic Express, Cage, uh, Cage, Kaz and Danielson versus the Elite Blood and Guts match. We just had one. Mm. I think if it's, it's a stipulation you need to do once like in a while yeah like, not like, even yearly that's a, yeah don't even do it as a yearly thing because otherwise it just becomes a regular match mm -hmm. one thing they've done really well AEW is that cage match they've only done like what two two in their entire history Cody Wardlow and the one on, Saturday, yeah. on Sunday I mean we haven't had a ladder match 
Uh, we had the one all out in 2018. Oh, of course, the tag title match. But yeah, yeah not one since. Yeah. Love it. Sarah Sullivan. Hey, mum and dad. Saddest day of my life. I'm absolutely gutted to find out the hangman has a wife. <laughs> You played with our hearts like a goddamn fiddle. Damn, don't even know who half these people are coming to AEW. For that pay-per-view and this show, this company's on fire. I love the idea of watching... AEW's the only thing you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So these new people are coming in like, I have no idea who these... <laughs> who is this Adam Cole champ? Who is this Brian... De who is this CM Punk? Baby! <laughs> My wife did say, because I said to her, on, um, we went out for coffee on Sunday, decaf, of course, she's pregnant. And um, I said to her, I was like, oh, we, I think Adam Cole's going to debut tonight. And she was like, who's Adam Cole? And I said, oh, he does this thing where he goes like, Adam Cole, baby, and he puts his fingers in the air. And she goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's cool. I, I don't know, it's cool though, isn't it? James Hanley, I kind of like the <laughs> booking idea they talked about on Fightful. Paige beats Omega, and then he is the first person to have a short reign of only two to three months. They suggest that Miro to be the one to defeat Paige for the title. Love you guys, jam that jam. Don't know if I'd put Miro as a world champion. Uh, oh, they also <clears throat> pointed out the casino ladder match. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. There's another one. B Little Man, very uh, very long time watcher, first time Ultra Champ, back in the TV days when it was just Ollie. I'm very down for Paige to win the title of Full Gear, then have him lose at the next Dynamite to Cole. So not very down on oh, that like very down for days. that idea. Anthony Estrada, I can ultimately see Adam Cole and the Bucks turning on Kenny and being the reason he loses the belt. Then you've got the Good Brothers teaming with Kenny and Cole with the Bucks. So we can get Omega versus Cole, Bucks versus Good Brothers. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think Cole. There's going to be a Cole Kenny friction there. Yeah. I mean, they can essentially do. <clears throat> Bullet Club is fine yeah. storyline again. And that's what he's doing with. Like, he's basically just said, like, hey, I love doing that Kota Ribushi storyline. I'm just going to do it again with Hangman <laughs> Page. Uh, buddy, hello, gentlemen. With AEW signing off CM Punk in the recent shows in Chicago, would WWE avoid Chicago, or would they be fine putting on a show there? <coughs> is AEW in danger of alienating the upper mid-card wrestlers trying to get to top level by recent signings? I mean, the going Punk feuding with Team Taz. Mm. I think that shows that they, they're working across the card. But I also think there is only so many spots, and... It already feels like a company at capacity. Andrade seems like the sort of chap that is yeah. less than thrilled about the mm -hmm. fact that he's only had one match on the show so far. I'll I'll take over. Tag, hot tag. Rad Nebula. My buddy made it onto the PWI 500. Number 462, Dmitry Alexandrov. Uh, let's fight some bears. Thank you, Ollie and Luke, for being my wrestling news. Thank you. Cool. Uh, this was missed from Monday, Retro Station, 1989. Hey, fellas, love the show. So happy to be a wrestling fan once more. Hey, Ollie, did the CM Punk rapper arrive? So this is someone who was at the show. They've sent us the rapper. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. um, but hopefully soon. Not Jackson Schaffer. Hey, icons, let's pretend you both are AEW wrestlers, Ollie and Luke. TK's got a big wallet when it comes to entrance music, hence Cassidy Punk mocks his new song, so the options are limitless. Uh, limitless. What song are each of you coming out to in AEW? Roland by Limpers Kill. Oh, no. Okay. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no. Stained. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's got to be the live version, though, so everyone can get their lighters out. <laughs> and I can walk out going, I can feel the heat from those lighters. Well, funnily enough, I always used to... The, I need a hero! <laughs> I think that's a really good entrance music. Yeah, I mean, me and Denise had a question similar to this. And it was like, who, you know, giving someone um, their own entrance music. And Denise was, like, Denise was like, oh, no, I'd give you like a Spice Girl song or something. Yeah. I was like, I'm in the UK. That would get me over so much at a wrestling show. If I came out to Wannabe and I made that whole part of my entrance, mm -hmm. I'd be one of the most over wrestlers in the UK. 
the Kentucky Kid. Also, thank you for making talking about wrestling fun. I love watching you guys, and congratulations to Luco and DAD. I'm a fellow. D-A-D. Also, Pack Andrade was magic. I've genuinely managed to avoid Rampage spoilers. Same Please here. don't say anything. Dried chicken without flavor. AEW is now the NBA and FIFA World Cup of wrestling. Uh, Norm Summers. Remember Scorpio Sky won that nonsensical brass ring ladder match? Another regular four out of five dynamite. I was entertained, but wanted more. Jam that jam. Norm Summers sounds like he's so down on this show. Four out of five. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, oh, another one's come in. Stephen Prophet. Hey, dads. I was at the show last night and the atmosphere was absolutely electric, all from the dark tapings before until the very end with Mox sing singing the crowd home after Rampage. Andrade and Pack was a banger. I had someone, the, Tim, who emailed us earlier, said that it would, if it would have been the second best <coughs> match on the card, had it been on All Out. Whoa. Well, they needed to have a good one. Um, and thank you to our new members, Jackarai Ferrell and Sylvan Ochicha. Yeah, Ochicha. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. You get exclusive filmed intros and outros to this show. By the way, today's intro and outro video might be one of my favorite that we've done in ages. A lot of singing, a lot of, a lot of Luke impressions. Uh, yeah, it's awful. got in touch via email to say dear luke and ollie or appropriate reader of this email it's me i'm a long time watcher listener since the days of oh just ollie and i've often thought of sending in an email but i'm not the biggest putting my presence out there kind of guy but over the course of the pandemic my job role has changed against my will budget cuts due to lack of support in the role pre-pandemic and now i find myself quite jaded in my job and driving financially unsustainable long distances just to keep me employed i'd like to thank you for the quality podcast that keep me going on those journeys it really does distract me here's the wrestling relevant part i've followed aew since its inception i've never missed a show dark not included hmm. i think it's crazy that people use the they sign xwwe guys argument and find it somewhat confusing all the xwwe guys are people who fans yeah. claimed were not being used to their full potential we wanted more from pac miro malachi black and ruby soho so now we see how good they are bigger names like matt hardy christian cage and even sting had much better runs in tna were never given the full credit in wwe with Punk and Brian, uh, although they made it to the top of WWE, they were not the guy in Vince's eyes. Do the naysayers want people to live up to potential, but only if it's in WWE, or do they want them to excel and be fulfilled? Do you think the option will change now seeing the likes of Brian, Punk, and Cole choose AEW as opposed to being released? Sorry if this is long and or rambling, just some thoughts I had. Much love, Will. Thanks for the email, Will. I'm sorry to hear about your job as well. Mm -hmm. um, but at least you're still employed at the moment. Uh, but yeah, that can be... It can be a, uh, a tricky situation. With the AEW stuff, yeah, what do you think? I, I just feel like people don't know what they want. And really, when you get down to it, people don't really like change. They just want WWE to be the thing. They don't like it when they p people leave or show some form of disrespect, mm. imagined or real, to WWE. Yeah, I mean, we <clears throat> talked about this on the SummerSlam 02 podcast we did for Rest Talk Extra, where, like, so when Linda McMahon was running for governor <laughs> and WWE were getting a bit of a drumming in the press for you know, the various things that they've done over the years, uh, they put out this thing called Stand Up for WWE. And it was this list of like the 10 commandments of like what you can do to stand up for WWE. And it's almost as if that's worked. 
And like people have just been indoctrinated over that over the years to be like, no, no, WWE is the place to be. I think it's because it's, for some people, it's the only wrestling company they've ever known. So this new upstart, when people be like, oh, this is actually good, because you're so, you've picked your side, you can't I'd like something else. It's like if you have just chosen that DC is my thing, so I'm not allowed to like any Marvel movie, or I've just picked Marvel, so I'm just not going to like any DC movie. So despite they're good, I'm just not going to like them. And I think that's what it is, is that tribalism aspect of it. I think it's important to recognize, though, that no one is immune from this tribalist way of thinking. Because I, I was a big, big Ring of Honor fan. And the early days of NXT, not the early days of NXT, but when NXT shifted from, you know, your Sean Spears is your packs and stuff and became more, let me have a, let me have steam. Let me have, I know Generico's not connected, but he, he went off the business at the same time and yeah. Sami Zayn popped up. Let's have Carlo Riley, Adam Cole. I was like, well, just stop taking all the Ring of Honor guys. You've taken all my toys. Yeah, and I, I actively, there was a part of me that did not enjoy, I was like, well, you know, the, they were better back in Ring of Honor, which is kind of like that reverse tribalism, mm -hmm. where they could do something really good in WWE, but there'd still be a little voice in the back of my head going, yeah, it would have been better on the Indies. <laughs> it would have been you better know? in Ring of Honor. When really, like, you know, the large-scale eyeballs, the production values are infinitely better in WWE. Yeah, and I we talked about this on the show previously, but I used to have that tribalism thing. It was mm. for TNA, and I was a die-hard TNA mark. This is like 2007, 2008. I was a die-hard TNA mark. I was on a Papa forum, smartmarks.com. We actually found some of my old forum posts while <laughs> doing an old TNA preview <laughs> for Rest Talk Extra. And I would defend TNA to the hill. Like, I... Anytime they did something bad, I would never say that's bad. I would always find the the good thing to say about it to be like, do you remember when like um, Road Dog and Billy Gunn were cutting promos on Michael Hickenbottom and Paul Levesque and all this sort of stuff? Mm. And I remember defending it being like, no, this is great. It's getting people talking. And people were responding to me being like, who? <laughs> who aside from us, who yeah. is talking about this? I just got I just found myself in a bubble where I was like, no, no, this is working. It's totally working. That one million's gonna grow. And it and it, and it never did. And then I was like, Hogan's in, that'll be the thing now. And it was not. So I I I, I totally get it. Yeah. And I and I get why people have the tribalism. But I just think they should realise that AEW is better. Well, eventually they'll well, maybe they won't not grow up, that's quite a patronizing to say, but You'd hope they eventually get to a point where they can see the positives in multiple areas. Exactly. Allegiances will always lie somewhere. Yeah. For me, it's anywhere but WWE, <laughs> if I've got to be honest. I can't believe that's still a controversial take after the amount of people they've fired, the business relationship with Saudi Arabia, yeah. the terrible product they put on. Well, when you and I were doing this, <laughs> and like WWE was the only game in town, and we would review bad shows, everyone in the comments was like, yeah, these are bad shows, though, mm. aren't they? This is the worst like wrestling in the world. Like, I don't know why I'm watching this. What a terrible product this is. Now that there's actual competition, those same people are like, ah, WWE's not that bad, though. Hey, hey whoa, whoa, don't, whoa, don't why, do it down. Why are you always so negative about WWE? You've changed your tune since AEW started. I mean, I don't know about you, but I... I desperately search for positive things in WWE. I'm like, oh, 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 okay, you had a tag tournament gauntlet match thing, uh, four out of five stars. <laughs> you know? Well, you and I said this week, hey, the crowd popped big for a moss, and I get pe I've sad people still messaging me to this day being like, Ooh. cannot believe you think that a moss is better than most of the wrestlers in AEW. Because that was, uh, that was a guy, wasn't it? it a wasn't. guy popularized that take. Yeah, 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 so. What a guy. <laughs>
Um, quickly, in sort of a few minutes or so, uh, what are your plans for the weekends? Uh, oh, I'm going on a stag. He follows you. Oh, does he? Yeah. I don't follow him. Yeah. Should I follow him and, and draft him a message? Just be like, <laughs> hey man, like, you, I think you took that out of context. Yeah, it? you quite purposefully took that clip out of context. Because hey, they're amazing how people being like, there are people who messaged me being like, you're wrong about Amos. He's just as bad as Carly. And I'm mm. like, we literally said that in the yeah, friggin' yeah. episode. Yeah. I mean, what, what would be a nice way to de-escalate the situation? And, and also, you know, that, that bit of tribalism that we spoke about then, mm. a, a way to, to, for, for us all to grow as people. Don't be a prick. I think that's going to be inflammatory. <laughs> Well, 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 I'll work on it. That. We'll I'll, work I'll, I'll that. close the page. Yeah, I'm going to a stag do tomorrow. I thought that was next week. No, Isle of Wight's next week. What are you doing in the Isle of Wight? The festival. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. So what, what's your stag do then? The stag do, we're going to... Well, yeah, he's not going to listen to this. We're going to Bath. We're going to go karaoke. Nice. We're going to go to the horse racing. That's nice. Um, hopefully, you know, I win some money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at, at karaoke. Yeah, karaoke. And that's that's pretty much it, really. It's hard to organise a stag do in these times. So when we last did karaoke, so two times previously karaoke, you did All Saints Never Ever, and it went yeah. down an absolute storm. That's my jam. It's your jam. You then did it again on the last time we went to karaoke, and less people joined in on it. And you said to me, it was like, that was more popular when I did it the first time. Yeah, around. well, I just didn't, didn't get that many people joining in. I think... Um, yeah, I don't know. What's your, what's your go-to again? I try and change it up with each one. So I used to just do like Ice Ice Baby because that's like mm -hmm. also because you can just do the rapping. You're good fun. at the rapping. I'm not yeah. good at the rapping. Yeah, I, I started doing it Alanis Morissette. You ought to know, but it's not exactly a crowd pleaser. That mm. song. It's just it's funny because it's a man singing it. Can't you just do Limp Biscuit? <laughs> I mean, I would do Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Take a look around. Yeah, that's my plan. So I'm going to be horribly hungover on do, Sunday. Do Roland. I can't do that. Why not? The, the rappy bit. Don't need to do the voice. I'll and, do, and, and Fred does, doesn't rap, let's be honest. Uh, I'm, Lonely Island, I think, might be a good shout. Mm -hmm. On a boat. On a boat. Because cool, everybody, yeah. everybody likes to say that they're on an Emma effing boat. Mm -hmm. That's quite fun. An Emma effing boat, eh? A, a mother. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right, well, we need to get out What are out you doing? There. What am I doing? Um, Quickly. Oh, well, my wife might give birth. It's our, yeah. it's our due date on yeah. Saturday. So we're having so much movement. I don't think it will be this week. I think it'll probably be next week. Uh, but I don't know, because it could happen at any point, really. It could just do that, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, well, like, like my friend pooped a baby. Yeah. So just I just went to the toilet and there right, it was. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'll probably be a bit on edge mm. that it's due date time. TikTok, it's due date. Oh, due my day God. Clock. I just, I want to, I want to live, I want you to Instagram live it. And I just want you to, to see you crumbling <laughs> into various impressions to try, to try and, to try and ease the situation. I'm not going to labor just yet. Oh, I got the bag sorted. Stop it, man. <laughs> Stop it. I'm in so much pain. My friend told me recently, she was around us yesterday. We need to get out of here because we need to be 
late for the review. But um, so she went into labor and she told her husband, my friend Adam, to go get the bag. She meant like the birth bag, which they'd packed together. And he went and got her handbag. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think I need that for? Oh, <laughs> but it's stressful. <laughs> my mate Tom just started doing the washing up. She's <laughs> like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I wanted to be, I don't want to just sit here for two days. I don't yeah. know how long we're going to be. Oh, it's like uh, David Mitchell and Peep Show. <laughs> it just goes to the arcades. <laughs> All right, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we will see you, uh, well, I'll see you tomorrow, in fact. I'm doing the magazine show with Denise and Tempest T Wrestler. See you tomorrow. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.